Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 77 of Talk Fame Podcast with your host, Kylie Montigny. And I'm so excited to have on co-host of the Cracking the Coconut video content and producer, Carla Jera. Thanks for coming, Carla. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you wanted to be in the entertainment industry from since like you're a young girl. What did you see or do that made you want to be in this career path? Yeah, so my entire career is actually happenstance or a happy accident. Uh, when I went to school, I went to study screenwriting. Um, I wanted to write and produce enthralling and thought-provoking movies or television shows. Um, even from a very young age, I noticed a lack of representation of my culture. And even if there was Asian representation, the actors were often typecasted to play yeah. the nerdy kung fu loser mm -hmm. who was never cool, never got the girls or the guys. Mm -hmm. um, I rarely saw Filipino characters, but most importantly, I never saw Filipino stories being told on the big screen and I wanted to change that but when I graduated I didn't want to take any chances of only applying to TV or television companies. I applied to every entry-level job, including radio, because I did study radio in community college. I had my own radio show with friends. Um, and so it was 97.1 Amp Radio in Los Angeles that took the first bite. And I fell in love with the job right away. It was a lot of hard work. But after being there for maybe a week, I just knew that the music industry was perfect for me because I was out there. I was getting to see Los Angeles. I was getting to be part of these huge shows. I loved going to concerts. And Ooh. so it was a great way for me to kind of merge all of my loves together. I also had a very supportive community for my first industry job, which I feel very blessed about because I know not everyone gets that um that that community that fosters yeah. good energy um so I was very lucky to have that and so because I had this great community around me I was able to really continue elevating within the industry and that's kind of how my whole career started just a little happy accident <laughs> oh my god that's amazing like since <laughs> I was like a young girl from summer to you like I always knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry I basically knew like about it but like when I was growing up I had anxiety so I kind of mm -hmm. thought how is a girl with anxiety supposed to be in the entertainment industry that's kind of not normal for mm -hmm. people to do exactly and when I was young like I never kind of I saw myself on screen like you said before you never saw people like you never saw mm -hmm. people represent like represented you know culture and everything like Latino and all these things like you like I never saw that exactly I think myself like when I was 14 years old I was like myself like I should figure out like what I want to do I think I should actually figure out what I exactly want to do I never felt inspired when I felt when I like watched mm -hmm. television I think myself like why are these people like I should feel inspired there's no one like me like I am sick of this and mm -hmm. like once I became more aware of it, it like I once I see like men of war representative women, like men are always seeing all these books, like all these characters, amazing characters and everything. Women are always like the housewife or always doing something in the first five minutes. Like it's always mm -hmm. like boring to watch as a woman. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the hell is going on? What the hell is wrong with these people? And I literally noticed, at, like, when I watch it, and, like, I, I would like, tell my mom to myself, like, do you notice all these people 
all these men doing these scenes or you mm -hmm. like do you think women can do these as well and ask all these questions i shouldn't be asking my mom all these questions mm -hmm. she should be asking me about it not me like on <laughs> her yeah and, and so like since like you felt that way as growing up and like since we both kind of grew up in that atmosphere like, how do you think like how do you feel about not seeing people like you in the media like how do you feel in terms of not being like represented. Mm -hmm. um, you know, real quick before I answer the question, just to piggyback off of what you said, I think the first time I ever saw a woman not doing, not confine, uh, confining to these gender roles was actually mm -hmm. when I was watching the Cosby show and Claire Huxtable mm -hmm. is yeah. a very strong, powerful black woman with money. She's a lawyer. She walked around and commanded that entire show and it was just very as a young girl watching reruns of the Cosby show I used to look at Claire and was like wow that is someone who's amazing yes she cooked yes she clean but she was being represented in a way that was very inspiring mm -hmm. um, and I think that there are some tv shows and movies out there forms of media that really got the representation right mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, you know, for lack of a better word, it sucks to not feel represented mm -hmm. because not seeing anyone that looks like you in media, not just TV or movies, but books, magazines, even posters that they hang at the mall. Um, it sucks to not see someone that looks like you and not maybe just, you know, phenotypes, so maybe even disabilities or even um, body size, it's really important to um, that representation is out there and it's accurate as well. Um, as a fangirl, I grew up reading fan fictions. I used to run home and write and read them. However, er every heroine that I would run into while reading these fan fictions, it was always a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. I never saw any women of color Ooh. with um, the Backsheet Boys or with Harry Potter or whatever fan fiction I was reading at the time. Yeah. Um, and it also really doesn't help that Eurocentric features are also more attractive in a lot of Asian communities. I know it's slowly changing right now, but the skin lightening industry in Asia is a billion dollar business. And I think yeah. that's freaking insane. Yeah. Um, so it also sucks as an immigrant because when you're in the US, you don't see people who look like you. But then when you try to watch media say if I were to watch Filipino soap operas or movies even the actors are light-skinned yeah and so when you don't see proper representation especially as an immigrant you feel like you never belong mm -hmm. um and you start to think is something wrong with me I'm too Asian for America but I'm also too American or westernized for my Filipino Asian community yeah. um, but representation also doesn't just stop at in the media representation is also important in the workforce mm -hmm. uh, when you see only men or only white people in an industry you're interested in it can make a person feel very discouraged to walk into those spaces um they say that women of color and the lgbtq plus communities are more likely to experience imposter syndrome mm -hmm. in spaces where they are the minority um my parents always wanted me to become a nurse or an engineer and that's because they physically saw people in those industries be successful i have so many family members that are a nurse that are engineers, uh, my parents included, but they never saw people 
Filipino people or people of color in entertainment industry. I'm the first one in my inter- in my in my family to have a job in entertainment. And I think that's also part of the reason why they pushed me to become a nurse or an engineer is because they never saw Filipinos find success in entertainment industry unless they were a singer or a dancer. But I wanted to become more behind the scenes. Um, And that's why my work, the work that I do outside of my career is so important. That's why I do TikTok. It's because I want to inspire fellow women of color or fellow Filipino Americans to feel really motivated. And I want to share that they do belong in spaces where it is male or white dominated. They do have a purpose in this industry and that they can also succeed. Exactly. Like that's how how I am. Like on my TikTok platform, I'm always making TikToks about women. (laughs) And then, like, always yeah. seeing all these tic- posting these TikToks about women and all of these things to show people, like, do you, like, you need to know about this so you can make changes. If no one talks about it, you're not doing anything. And, like, I will get all these comments on my TikTok and be like, oh, that's not a thing. Like, that's, you're a kid and all these things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't know, you don't know. You think, oh, it's not a thing, but it is. Mm-hmm. As a girl, like, I grew up with anxiety, and I never saw people dealing with anxiety on the screens. So I never thought, oh, like, how, like, I can't do that because, like, these people have anxiety. How are people in the entertainment industry have anxiety? And like that. And I'm like, and like, I thought, like, I never found my passion or anything. Like, I'll try a million things, and like, nothing will come up for me. And like, mm-hmm. there's so many in, like, powerful films and women led, and they, and mostly there are a lot of feminist, like, movies and all these things. But men, they, like, people realize that they're, they're doing all these things with men. And women are not getting a lot of roles, but they just don't care about it. They're like, oh, men deserve all these things. Women, this guy for five minutes or this. Get all these less roles that they don't deserve mm-hmm. to be a powerful person. Like, a president or a lawyer or something. And I feel like women should actually be do something about it. I feel like it's becoming better in the last couple of years a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of that. And like in movies and stuff, like the criteria is like three to one men. Or it might be three to two now or something like that, two to mm-hmm. one or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself like, are you like freaking kidding me right now? Like is that three to one right now? And you're like, you guys are still doing nothing about it. And like, when I see all these movies with women, I think myself, like, why can't they do more movies about women roles like this one? Like, mm-hmm. when I see, like, Gummer Ruiz, like, Gummer Ruiz is such a very powerful feminist movie. And if a lot of people, once it first came out in, like, early 90s, a lot of people didn't like it. Because, like, they're like, oh, these women can't do that and all these mm-hmm. things. And when I watched the movie, I'm like, I immediately became inspired. I immediately, like, became... The, a whole new person after watching a movie. I became empowered in, in this, this is from like a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. It's like there's not a lot of movies that you see that you don't feel inspired by or you yeah. like don't feel empowered by. And that's why like a lot of industry leaders should really make movies like that. Because like women deserve to feel inspired and men can't take all the criteria and feel all inspired they carry control of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's you know like you said how a movie was able to make you feel so empowered. I think that's really important. I think that's also important why more 
people should start joining these industries. So if I want, like when I was in school, I set out to want to make a change within film and TV and share more Filipino stories because I thought that we were clearly very, very, very underrepresented. So I feel like these stories are so important. Um, And so that way people can feel more empowered. And when you were saying earlier how people will kind of just write you off and say, or you're just a kid. They're kind of dismissing your truths and which is very wrong. And it's also really important to hold people accountable Mm -hmm. um, and to continue sharing your truths on TikTok and social media and through your podcast platform. Exactly. Like in everything, like that's the reason why I really started my podcast. It's like, if I like want to inspire younger people, like I want to get people feeling inspired because I didn't have that as a kid. So I want to be like, I if I want to change these things for, for young girls and women, then I need to start a podcast to talk to all these people and get them to feel inspired. And to really call a lot of these people in the industry to do better by women and girls. Because if you don't call a change, then nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to get better. And no, no change is ever going to be made. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I kind of need to step up a little bit and actually, mm-hmm. actually say something. Because if I don't speak up, then, like, who knows what could have been done in years later yeah. and everything. And so you have the chance to photograph and film with the Jonas Brothers, uh, Tara Swift, and so many other uh, big celebrities. How did you build these connections and doing all these things for like, big celebrities and everything? So networking is probably one of the biggest most important thing about the industry because the industry runs on referrals yes there's a lot of jobs out there that you can apply to on LinkedIn or Indeed but networking and making genuine connections with other industry professionals is so important a lot of the freelancing gigs I've gotten throughout the past several years um, throughout my career have all been from people in my network just reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. And so I've only ever applied to two jobs and everything else was just friends, network professionals calling me up and asking, hey, would you like to come shoot this? Would you like to come photograph this event for us? And so when it came to filming and photographing Taylor Swift and Jonas Brothers, that was all actually just part of my radio job. And I've been very, very blessed and grateful about that, especially because I am such a huge Jonas Brothers fan, a huge Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. And so um, it was just part of my radio job. As I mentioned earlier, I had a very fostering, good energy type of community when I first started in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, when I mentioned to my boss, hey, I would like to do more digital stuff. I want to learn more about photography, more about video videography for events. Mm -hmm. He wasn't like, no, you can't do that. You know, you're part of this department. Why would I let you go and help out another department? He was very, very supportive. And he gave me very amazing, just really great advice and helped me pushed me towards my goals of what I eventually wanted to do. 
which was more photo and video for live events and concerts. And so um, because of that, I was able to help out with the digital de department more often. Um, it was slow. It was more so me taping down wires or bringing in roll-up banners for interviews and just shadowing the, um, the digital department during artist interviews. But I kept going. I was doing a lot of early mornings, late nights, coming in on weekends. I was also getting paid minimum wage. I was getting paid $11 an hour, but I didn't care. I was just so into what I wanted to do and to learn as much as I could yeah. that at that time, the money didn't, not having the money didn't really bother me so much because I was just learning so much, which is another thing I wanted to point out about the industry in general, that it also not only does it run on networking, it also runs on a lot of privilege. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky that not only did I have a car to get me from point A to point B, I also lived with family. So I didn't really have rent to pay. Yeah. Um, I bought my own groceries, but also because I live with family, they were also cooking lunch and dinner and everything like that. And so I didn't really have very many, um, very many bills to pay ever. And I know that's not what everyone uh, as young professionals can say um, a lot of young professionals in the entertainment industry have to have two or three jobs to help pay for rent and bills and everything and so I was very lucky and very blessed and very privileged that I could spend all my time um, making $11 an hour and learning as much as I could because I didn't necessarily need an extra job to help pay for rent when I was first starting so just so anyone anyone who's listening to this, if they feel stuck or they feel like I still have to go to my waitressing job, I can't spend all my time learning from mentors, like don't feel bad, just keep doing you and just keep pushing forward, you'll make it too. Um, but that's how... I got to do so many cool things and have full circle moments like photographing Taylor Swift or filming the Jonas Brothers. I just kept pushing forward and elevating and I was promoted to these full-time industry jobs within my company to where I was in the same spaces as huge artists. Oh my God, I love that. Like since, like this is why I love my doobies. Like I get to speak with all these special people mm -hmm. and I don't care if I actually get paid because I don't get paid for this. And like, mm -hmm. it's the most important thing about it is like, you need to love it to actually be doing it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I, I'm, like, honestly, if you honestly love it, then you don't care about the other things, like getting paid all these things. As mm -hmm. long as you love it, you love what you do, then that's really the most important thing. And yes. I was literally just talking with, talking with this my aunt earlier this morning. She's like, do you get paid for this? I'm like, no, but I don't really care about the money. Like, as yeah. long as I'm happy really doing what I do, that's really the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And as long as you get to like, live on my dreams in the entertainment industry and get to chat with all these things, all these people that are doing amazing things, that's like the best thing that I could ever wish for in everything. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's and like, whatever you do is really like a drink and for everyone that's mm -hmm. fulfilling their dreams. They don't care about money. As long as you're happy and fulfilling your dream, that's really the most important thing. Yeah. It's definitely important. I mean, as you start elevating within your own specific industry, there is going to be a point where you have to also think about your livelihood as well. When I was first starting, I could get away with $11 an hour. But now I have my own apartment. I had to have, I had to 
pay for car payments. There's going to be a point in time where you have to be compensated fairly for what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's understandable at the very beginning when you're just learning, when you're maybe volunteering or interning or just starting off that you're not getting the most stable hours. You're not getting the best pay ever. Mm-hmm. But as you start showing up, as you start building your resume and your experiences and um, networking, there's going to be a time in every industry professional's life where they kind of have to put their foot down and say, hey, I need to start being compensated for what I do. I'm no mm-hmm. longer an amateur at this. I'm actually mid-level now. I've learned a lot. I'm doing a lot and doing it really well and showing great promise within whatever company you're in and you kind of have to also think about what you need to survive as well because bills food rent emergency money all of that is incredibly important as well as well as being happy and um, making sure that what you do puts a smile on your face too but also food makes me happy so of course having money for all of that is really important yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree. So you are the co-host of Crafting mm-hmm. the Coconut with Jasmine, yeah. where you guys chat about tackling taboo conversations in the Filipino community. What made you guys want to start like that whole podcast and everything? Yeah, so... So Jasmine and I wanted to start cracking the coconut. We started it, I want to say a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, because we saw a clear divide between Filipino Americans and Filipinos back home in the motherland in the Philippines. Mm. And we noticed this big divide when uh, we like to call it the Barcada fiasco of 2020. Mm. Barcada, for those watching, listening that don't know what that means. Barcada is a term of endearment for a group of friends. It's mm-hmm. so, it's a term that you would give like your very, very best friends. You don't just throw it out sparingly. And we from the Filipino community, we we use the word for just like the best group of people ever, basically. Yeah. And so what happened was that there were these four white guys from Washington, D.C. who decided to create a wine bar and they named it Barcada. And a lot of Filipino Americans were saying that it was cultural appropriation, especially because these guys had never really spent time in the Philippines or Filipino people. If you looked at their menu, they didn't have alcohol from the Philippines. They didn't have food from Filipino chefs or anything. There was nothing Filipino about this business, about this establishment, except for the name. And it just didn't sit right with us. However, there were also a lot of Filipinos who thought the opposite, who thought it was great representation, who was like, yeah, like, you know, we have, it's so cool. We get to have a Filipino restaurant in the U.S. and people can learn more about us. But a lot of us were saying that it wasn't accurate representation because if you think about, say, a Filipino family visiting Washington, D.C. and say they wanted Filipino food and Barcada comes up or they're walking down the street and they're thinking, oh, let me go check out this restaurant. But they walk in and there's nothing Filipino about it. I don't think that's very, it's not very accurate. It's not like a very good feeling. And so that's when we saw this divide between Filipino Americans and Filipinos back home in the Philippines. And so that's kind of 
one of the big reasons of why we started cracking the coconut, there's also all these taboo conversations within the community that a lot of people don't like to talk about, like even just career paths. I mentioned that my parents really wanted me to become a nurse or an engineer. That's not unique to my upbringing. A lot of Filipino families go through this. Another taboo topic would be um, sex, religion, politics. There's so many different taboo topics out there. Um, and we're just trying to use our platform and let other Filipinos know, Filipino Americans know that, hey, you're not alone in feeling this. And that's kind of how Cracking the Coconut started. That's awesome. Like, and that's like, that's really the most important thing is people always make these businesses, no matter mm -hmm. if it's like a restaurant, like a business, no matter what it is, like, they always say like, oh, this is based off of um, Americans and their culture or mm -hmm. something. And, the, and it's not, it's based off of something else. They say this, but it's not. It might have the name on it as we saw. Mm -hmm. Culture, but it's not exactly the thing. And yeah. I agree with that. Like, I was like, if you say this, you, know, like, you don't have the food of the culture, then like, what's the point even doing it if you yeah. don't have things right? And if you really want to start this business, then you need to, need to do the research on the culture mm -hmm. in the country or whatever. Because like, you might not want to, you might want to know the culture and what you need for this business you might need to do research because yeah you exactly want to do right for the business because like the culture might show up there and be like hey like this is not right like you said like this is not this is not good like you need to do a little better yeah definitely on tiktok i noticed that this spicy cucumber salad was going viral and a lot of koreans were getting upset that the spicy cucumber salad wasn't it, it it was be their traditional dish, which I've tried before. It's amazing. It's like this cucumber kimchi. And mm -hmm. uh, my mouth is watering just thinking about it because it is so good. But it was being called this spicy cucumber salad or this addictive cucumber meal. And a lot of Koreans were like, you're using Korean spices and this is what it is. Um, stop trying to appropriate or... I guess, westernize this dish, like tell people if you're going to make it, it's inspired by a traditional Korean dish. Mm, exactly. Like if you really want to do this, you might as well just say like, oh, okay, this is inspired by this country. Mm -hmm. At yeah. least it'll connect for their culture. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, as we're kind of talking about this like entertainment industry and everything, like mm -hmm. since this is like a male dominated industry, how do you think industry leaders can do to create change for women and people and make feel represented in the media? So I think it's really important for people to hold others accountable um, and start calling them out on the BS and to leave spaces where uh, companies aren't doing what they can to be diverse to take care of their women employees or their women of color employees that's one of the big reasons why i had to leave the last company that i was yes it gave me a lot of opportunity my whole portfolio is projects from working at this last place however towards the end of my journey there after pandemic there was a lot of change that happened um I had gotten a promotion, but, and so did my coworker, my male coworker, 
but he was making 7k more than I was and we had the same exact job title and so when I found that out I told my boss right away and you know they kind of my boss was definitely on my side he knew it was definitely sexist but just other people at higher up were just they were kind of passing it off as oh you were taking over so and so's place so you were taking his whatever he was making before but I'm sitting there like, but I'm making the same amount as, let's call him Albert. I was making the same amount as, I'm doing the same things as Albert. We have the same exact job title. Why am I making like an extreme amount less than he is? And so it's all, it's really important to hold people accountable and say, hey, like, you know, why aren't there enough women in this space? Or why aren't you hiring diverse people and leaving those spaces, even though, you know, the entertainment industry, the music industry can be very um, attractive because there's so many cool perks like travel, concert tickets, meeting celebrities. Um, But it's also important to leave businesses, companies, spaces where, you know, your ethics aren't really aligned with them. Um, and in two spaces that do the company that I currently work for, they are, they really know how to take care of their employees. I work with so many a diverse community here. And it's just amazing. I walk into spaces and I'm no longer the only woman of color. Um, in the last company, I would internally in my head count how many people of color versus how many white people were in a zoom meeting in a in a in a space at an uh like backstage or anything and there would be such the ratio would be so off but now I'm counting and sometimes there's more people of color in a zoom meeting and I love it and it's great and I feel comfortable and so yeah I think it's just important also for more women and for more women of color to start infiltrating these spaces and to start doing it and to start moving up those corporate ladders and start moving up into positions of power and you'll be able to tell right away within a company by just looking at the top of the pyramid and who's up there my last company the first like top nine people in the pyramid all white men Oh my God. There's no women. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, but here, top of the pyramid, not only are they are women, but there's people of color too. And so I think that's really important to like also do your due diligence and kind of just look at that stuff as well. But I think that's a way how industry leaders can create change is for us to be the industry leaders someday. Exactly. Oh my god. And you literally said it so mm. well. I literally couldn't like say more better. And so do you have anyone they look up to as a woman in tennis? Well, as a woman in the entertainment industry or as a mm-hmm. in general they have anyone they look up to? Yeah. So you know, I I've been asked this question. And so when I first started the industry, I didn't have anyone to look up to because there was literally no other older Filipino that I could look up to that was doing what I would want to do. But now as I navigate this industry, I've been in music for seven years now. I want to say the people that inspire me are the future generation, Mm -hmm. the future generation of women of color, people who are going to really take over this industry and make it something into something truly amazing right now i'm mentoring two people two women of color and they are very young they're very early in their in their 
in their profession, but they are doing such amazing things right now. And I already know that they're going to take their talents and run this industry and make it something truly awesome. And that's who inspires me. It's the future generation. I love that. Like that's really why I started. She's like, it's like really the most important thing is to really navigate navigate the younger mm-hmm. generations. Yes. Yeah, so if you don't teach younger generations about what's happening in the industry and how women are discriminated mm-hmm. for who they are and a woman of color yeah. represented and all these things, like then like if we don't show us to them, like they're then like they won't probably know about it. They won't create change. So mm-hmm. That's really important for everyone to know that like, they need to make change and for the younger generations to really pick up for their families and your siblings and all these things to help make change mm-hmm. their family members. Yeah, definitely. And so the final question is, mm-hmm. what's some advice for a younger generation that can do in the entertainment industry one day? So the best I, advice I have is to, first and foremost, never ever compare your industry journey to somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, there are so many different factors as to how someone finds their success, whether yeah. that's luck, timing, being at the right place, the right time, even privilege, um, that all goes into someone's success story. So never, ever feel discouraged if you see a colleague of yours get a really good high paying job or get to do all these cool things and you're still doing some things like you're still struggling with that never compare your journey because there's so many different routes to whatever your definition of success is so just root for your colleagues you know but also keep your blinders on and just keep moving forward networking is also another really big tip and the cool thing about being in the digital era right now is you can network virtually you can set up Zoom meetings with industry professionals and pick their brain about stuff. You can ask people out for coffee and um, network through there, but networking is incredibly important. Another really big piece of advice is to learn anything and everything. And I know that sounds very intimidating, but the reality of it is, is a lot of companies want power players, people who can do three jobs in one. And so... If you, say, want to do more creative things or do social media, don't just learn graphic design. Learn photo, learn video, learn how to read analytics, learn how to do so many different things because that will also just make you more attractive in the long run and can really help to build up your resume and your portfolio. And the last piece of advice I have for the younger generation wanting to get into the entertainment industry, the music industry, is to just always believe in yourself, um, especially if you are a woman of color um, and you walk into spaces where you might be the only woman or the only woman of color. Just know that you do belong there and that your talents and everything about you is very important and is needed and you are purposeful and to just do it and do it with your whole heart and just freaking send it exactly exactly so i just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast you're seriously are amazing and you yeah i really thank love the conversation you're such inspiration i really felt touched by our conversation today and you are seriously amazing you know and i just want to thank you so much for coming on again and we'll definitely keep in touch yes thank, thank you, you. So and keep up with your podcast thank you you too keep doing thank what you're doing you. i seriously love what you're doing keep doing because you're inspiring so much so many people <laughs> thank you so much have a good one
You too.